And now a brief pause to split up the episode. And we're back. And now we're going to do Zavala. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a good card. I think this of the five uh, web lore snippets, this, this one that might be my favorite. Oh, yeah. This one, 100% for me, is my favorite. Yeah. Um, I think Tyra's is cool. I like it. Tyra's is really good. Apocrypha is great at just kind of dropping, you know, revelations. Mm-hmm. Um, Cryptarch is a little bit more boring, you know? <laughs> yeah. It still has some, some good information, but it's, it's not as, but they're the Cryptarch. It's supposed to be a little bit more long winded. Um, so yes. Good information, but not exactly keeping you on the edge of your seat. Yeah. And then we get to Zavala. And so this one, we're reading the whole thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so Zavala speaking. Ikora has confirmed my fears. The ice on Mars is melting. And one thing I love about this, like, right away, he, it's like, okay, Zavala clearly knows something because for him to be fearful of the ice melting, there's no reason Mm -hmm. for him to be afraid of that unless he already knows something that we don't. He knew something was going on. Yeah. Yep, and we learned from this that he's, yeah, he's he's learning some stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And so Ikora, um, she says, it's the traveler's light that when it awoke, it sent out a wave of light that altered everything it touched. Mm-hmm. And that line is kind of funny because it's like, it's a juxtaposition to the Cryptarch's line just from a card earlier where he's saying like, people think the traveler may, you know, when it died caused this ice stuff, but actually that had nothing to do with it. But then now we have this kind of juxtaposition of, Oh well, the traveler waking up is what's melting mm-hmm. is what's melting the ice. But what is interesting is like, well, we don't necessarily know that's true. That, yeah, that's and what, I think this is this is important. It's, I think this is a different tone that the narrative team is taking right now with the lore. Um, you know, in Destiny One, we would get cards and we'd get statements similar to this, where it says, you know, Ikora says this, and we we would take that right. statement and we would take that as fact, as absolute canon. When, to, in reality, that's that's Ikora's bi- uh, bias. That's her opinion. That's the way she, her perspective of the situation. That's her conclusion. Right. That doesn't mean that's yeah, the so, absolute answer. So, Destiny One version of this would have read: um, When it awoke, the Traveler's Light sent out a wave of light that altered everything it touched. <laughs> so that yeah. that's the Destiny One version, but the Destiny Two version is: Ikora yeah, says she, it's the Traveler's she, yeah, Light. She, so yep. yeah, they, I, I like, you know, and we also, and we also got, I think it was during the reveal where they mentioned that the war sets were the dropping down were melting the ice. Right. Whereas that could have like, w- w- so it's, I think they're giving us different perspectives from different venues. So I think, you know, when, when Anna gets on, when she's on Mars and it shows her in the comic or even in the trailer where, you know, the war sets are coming down and cracking the ice, you know, she's seeing it right there in her mind though these war sets are cracking the ice and breaking things up but still that doesn't necessarily mean that is what is causing all of this to happen and so i think right and i think i hope i think in the end we'll get the real answer but i like that they're showing kind of these these ways that your your conclusion can alter or differ based on the information present before you yep and so narrative team if you're listening we assume this was intentional and good job we like it (laughs) <laughs> um, okay. And that says, so Zavala speaking again. I don't know what to believe. 
there we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then this is, this is my favorite of all of everything. I look at the traveler now shining and alive. And I remember all the times I begged it to respond to help. It's chosen through our trials. I remember its silence. Even now it does not speak or if it does, there's no one to hear and understand its words. And I love this because I've always wanted destiny to kind of delve into the deeper, um, questions and, and there's questions of, you know, like where did the traveler come from and things, but like, I want like the moral questions of like, are you really agents unto yourselves? If the traveler resurrected you, you know, mm -hmm. are you who you used to be? Have you been formatted with a new personality? Um, mm -hmm. if and I love, I love this because this is, this is Zavala thinking like a warlock in a way. You know, in, in Destiny <laughs> 1, we got the, the Osiris Grimoire card, and it was the speaker talking about Osiris. And, you know, these are similar questions to about the Traveler and its purpose that Osiris asked that, you know, essentially got him banished. <laughs> you know, obviously we learned a little bit more in the comic, you know, the, the everything that happened on. But, you know, it's asking these questions of, is the Traveler really trying to protect us? Can it protect us? Like, those are questions that the speaker was... No, it wouldn't have anything of <laughs> right and, and, but and now, questions of why is the guardian the one who receives the vision and worthy mm -hmm. of getting his light back but none of the others are worthy of getting their light back apparently yeah. and if the traveler was watching gall all along and then wakes up in the end why couldn't have woken up before to mm -hmm. prevent the like there's all these questions yep. can yep can we rely on something that doesn't understand us to protect us or must we protect ourselves? Yep. I think that's a good line. Yeah. Um, so in response to Zavala's questions, and th this is, yeah, this is kind of funny because the warlock isn't asking the questions. The warlock, mm -hmm. Ikora says, we cannot understand the traveler or its desires. They're too far removed from our own. And so it's like Ikora at this point, instead of asking the questions, has kind of just accepted that and maybe she already asked the questions and she has now come to the, mm -hmm. you know, she's already accepted the fact that we do our own thing, you know, mm -hmm. but it's good. Yeah. He kind of answers that question though, like, or must we protect ourselves? And Zavala says, I think we must. I have been searching the databanks records that even the cryptarchs cannot access and sifting through da data that the speaker thought too dangerous to be disseminated. So there we have it. The speaker's been lying to us all. And I, ha I have a <laughs> comment here where I'm just like, ugh, stupid speaker. <laughs> <laughs> like, clearly he knew uh, so much stuff that he basically kept from everyone. And mm -hmm. it's like, why? Why were you trying to shelter everybody? And that's a theme that actually comes up later in this card as well. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, well, and I loved to, um, and you kind of mentioned it in the comic, or in the uh, the comment where it, it's, his character is being moved along from, like in this, like from the story and the narratively it's you know, in destiny one is of was like, you, you saw him as the rock. He was the, the always devoted to this, always listen to the speaker, always follow orders, always, you know, right. Control the situation, never stray from order, you know, the kind of the Titan way. Right. And you can see that that spirit's been, not necessarily spirit's been broken, but like he's he's definitely looking at things through a different lens, and you know sifting through 
through this data that the speaker had. Like he might not have even looked at that data before all like the red war and before all this stuff happens on right because he because he, he figured if the speaker hasn't told everyone then there's not mm-hmm. there's no need to know yeah and now he himself is reading this looking through this data this information and deciding to essentially keep it to himself as well <laughs> yeah and so um so yeah going back to i was reading through the owl sector and at one point, Zavala says, all told, I prefer corp- corporeal threats, enemies we can fight. These particulate, self-replicating, amoral things disturb my soul. <laughs> and then um, Ikor says, the misfortunes of Liaison Shun aside, Zavala is right. We should be exploiting Golden Age technologies. We've never had Golden Age technologies exploit us. We did not know they possessed such capabilities, and I worry. And then obviously from that card we read from Skyline from Rise of Iron, again, we read that ever since SIVA um, and realizing that the Golden Age tech might actually be doing more harm to us than good, he mm-hmm. he's left no stone unturned when it comes to Clovis Bray and the Golden Age. Yep, absolutely. And so, and then, okay, so this statement, and I love, it's an ambiguous statement again. Well, at first, mm-hmm. he at least it clarifies it later. But he says, "I know what is on Mars." And so, at first, you're like, "Oh, does he know about the hive? Does he know about Rasputin? Mm-hmm. Like, what does he know?" But it, it does go on to say, um, "What is what is buried beneath the ice is too dangerous to allow back into our world. It doesn't think like we do. It weighs and judges our existence in a ruth- in its ruthless calculations, and we don't even know what the goal is." Once, long ago, it might have been created as a tool to save humanity. It is far more than a mere machine now. And so there we get the clarification that no matter what he knows to Zavala, the number one threat is Rasputin. Mm-hmm. And as a, as a reference... Um, uh, yeah, it and this, it's far more than machine, mere machine now. And that goes back to Saladin during the Rise of Iron when... Uh, you know, Saladin mentions that you know the Vanguard. Um, I can't remember the exact quote. It's like the Vanguard can think he's the last war mind. He's been far more than just a war mind for a long time. Yeah. So he's or he's been he's been much more than just that for a, a long time. Something along those lines. Right. Right. Um, so he goes on to say, "And it is broken, it being Rasputin." Then he says. When Saladin sealed all the records relating to Siva, he also put a lock on certain data concerning what lies hidden on Mars. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, I hate... Personally, I actually have less respect for Saladin now because along with the speaker... like, So him and the speaker knew that a lot of these things were coming for a long time, mm-hmm. and they hid it from everybody. And... It's like maybe, you know, that makes sense before... Because in the first game, obviously, we get resurrected, right? And the first game is us right. starting to come. But it's like, so let's say... But by the by at least the time we defeat Crota, you th- they should start thinking like, oh, yeah, we could probably trust this Guardian. Like, <laughs> you know, things might not be as bad as we thought because, you know, hundreds and thousands of Guardians died on the moon fighting crota and yet this guy just went in there and 
soloed Crota. <laughs> Pulled out the uh, network cable. So, yeah, so it's kind of like, man, Saladin, like, you kind of screwed us over. <laughs> like, And he's sitting there, and when we rediscover Rasputin in the original game, you know, he's sitting there knowing all along how awful Rasputin is, and he's just like, yeah, okay, I'll let the mm-hmm. Vanguard try to make contact. And it's like, really, man? Like <laughs> after what it, after what Rasputin did to all the Iron Lords, like you're okay with Zavala and the others <coughs> attempting to make contact with this thing? Yeah, yeah. It kind of implies that you know it says in Saladin let it happen because our failures were safer than the alternative. So you know maybe perhaps Saladin never expected us to come along and be able to solve everything. You know he figured they would just continue to try to wake up Rasputin and fail and fail and fail and. You know, that was better than the alternative of waking him up and him becoming what he really was. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. Or, so, uh, Zavala. Oh, I, f- I found the exact quote. So, it was Salad, it was, the Vanguard still believe Rasputin to be simply a war mind. He hasn't been that for a very long time. Yeah. So, there's. And then, um, and yeah, Zavala does say, we were stumbling around blindly in those days in the wrong place and at the wrong time, calling out to something that could not respond or understand us. And mm-hmm. then as the exact reference, if you go back to the last, or, the last array grimoire card, Zavala himself says, the Rasputin seized control of the array that only strengthens our resolve to break the old war mine's firewalls and, en- <clears throat> and enlist its help in the wars to come. We must reach Rasputin and make our case. So when he's referring to the naive days, those are the days of the last array. Mm-hmm. And we must, and a lot of people say that once when we turned on the last array, you know, that's when we, like we accomplished that. It's like, all we did was connect. We turned the system on basically, but we didn't necessarily co- reach out to Rasputin yet, or he at least hadn't reached back and contacted us or communicated with us. We just opened up those right. channels. Ghost to Ghost noticed him in the systems in the mission before. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. so yeah, like, I mean, really the, the whole trust last array mission, when you go through the mission, like it's really more about dead orbits to been trying to reconnect this thing and their guys keep dying, you know? Yeah. It's less about Rasputin at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. Yeah. So then the next paragraph. So, you know, he's talking about Saladin sealing all those records. And then Zavala continues, but the locks are open now. I've studied the monsters in our past to prepare for the battles in our future. I know how to reach this particular monster before anyone else does. And so, so this, this sets up definitely something epic in, in this, in the campaign. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm really hoping like, I'm not going to be horribly disappointed, you know, if it doesn't happen. But, like, with the language here, it makes it seem like... Well, okay, here. I'm going to read this next paragraph first, and then... Mm-hmm. So then it says, Ikora is too intrigued by the knowledge it holds to heed the dangers. Cade is wasting his time filling the prison of elders. It's up to me to keep the secret buried. Now, so obviously that Cade part is, uh, is awesome. To keep us <laughs> safe. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm imagining Cade now obviously running the prison of elders as some kind of like summertime, uh, live team event. And that just sounds fantastic, but (laughs) yeah. 
yeah, I think that was definitely a hint at something in the f- some future content. At least I hope it is because yeah. I definitely I enjoyed the prison of Elders. With, I thought it with the, the war, so but. we don't know what happened, but Cade would replace Varix, the chicken would <laughs> replace the warden, and then <laughs> and, right. and then we'd go in. But um, yeah, well, and didn't did we get a scan a scannable in D two about Varix? Uh, I don't know. Because I remember someone, like someone made a comment in the Ishtar, uh, Ishtar Collective Discord about, you know, the, the people in the reef. Like we didn't hear, we haven't heard anything about the reef really in Destiny 2. So like whether regarding Ferrix or Petra, um, it's like what they're doing during, you know, what happened to them during the, the Red War, essentially. Right. Um, and we, we don't know, I'm assuming that will be answered I know a lot of my personal opinion is that the the next expansion to come in September will have something to do with the reef. Um, you know, the popular theory is that the end of the cinematic for Destiny 2, when it shows the Traveler waking up, it went Mercury, Mars, the, uh, the reef, you know, and kept going out. And they the theory is that that's the order of... Uh, DLC, you know, Mercury was first, we had Osiris, Mars was second, we got this, the War Mind. So now the theory is that the Reef will be the next, have something to do with the next one. Um, yeah. And so that would could, would very well answer those questions. But Yeah. Um, you are right, there is a scan, but all it says is just, I wonder what happened to Varix. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, there you go. So back to, okay, so... What Zaval is saying, obviously, is Ikor is too intrigued by knowledge to really think it's dangerous, and Cade is not even near them at this moment. Yeah, which is, which is this, I guess, a perfect warlock thing to do for Ikora. She's like, yeah, this is dangerous, but think of all this other stuff we could learn. <laughs> right. And so what I'm like, really hoping for in the campaign is, I don't know if we'll ever get back to this, but obviously you remember the homecoming mission. Mm-hmm. Um where you know the the vanguard kind of appears where you get to interact with them a little bit but like because i'm imagining anna's out there trying to find discover her past right but but zavala is on this collision course with her because he's clearly set out to destroy rasputin right you know and so i'm really kind of hoping that at the very least there's a cutscene where there's some kind of run-in where we have anna trying to figure out who she is and we have Zavala trying to destroy Rasputin and then we have us caught in the middle and like so I'm I'm hoping there's that these paths collide um because I think that mm-hmm. that would make for interesting story cool. what do you do one one guardian wants to destroy it and one guardian doesn't and yeah. one and honestly what do you do when I'm pretty sure Rasputin could take them both out and not really care so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I'm hoping that this is a hint of some some campaign components to come. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Lost, the, the TV show. So, you know, there are a lot of parts where you know one of the the members of the the fight were trying to destroy the island or trying to destroy whatever it was. Whereas another part of the the fight, the crew were trying to save it or protect it. And it's like it, it, it tore at you because you liked you liked. Both, you know, both sides, the people involved, and then, but they're having this big clash. Although this major issue, it made it, it definitely pulled you in. Yeah, yeah. All right. 
that was Zavala. <laughs> Zavala. So battling, battling with the weight of the the speaker on his shoulders. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, and it'd be I think it'd be really interesting to see because it's like so the van in Destiny One and then very much in the Taken King, the Vanguard was always like a cohesive unit. You know, they they did everything together. They were the cohesive unit. And then in the Red War, <coughs> they get split up, obviously, and they each go to their separate mm-hmm. planets, and they're kind of each trying to deal with it in their own ways. And they come back together in the tower. But then obviously what's interesting is in the tower, I mean, this is a rebuilt brand new tower, but like you'll notice there is no Vanguard chamber. Like Cade is way down in the hangar. hangar. Ikora is way over by the bazaar area. Mm-hmm. And then Zavala is kind of out on the balcony and like, they're not together in the tower, which is right. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So I'm hoping that that is kind of an underlying plot point where, yeah, they still, you know, they don't seem to be as united as they were in destiny. One. Yeah, And it's not that they don't trust each other, but like they are kind of realizing more and more that they have separate paths. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping that the future expansions kind of continue down the lines of, you know, maybe even one of them leaves the tower at some point. Like, could you imagine, like, I'm sure there's, you know, we go to Mars at some point and then like Zavala ends up as an NPC on Mars eventually because he ends up on, you know what I mean? Like it'd be good to see the world Mm -hmm. change in that way. I know that was brought up at the summit, but like, it'd be good to see changes. Like if Zavala really cares this much about Rasputin and destroying Rasputin, in my head, I, I imagine him ending up on Mars and staying there. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and that makes sense. And I mean, even in Osiris, you saw Ikora, she dealt with the whole Osiris thing. And then she went to Mercury, Mercury at one point and came back and like, she never told anybody else about it from what we can tell. She never mentioned it. Yeah. To Kate she wanted to keep it as Zavala. Yeah. yeah. She wanted that information, you know, on the down low pretty much. Yeah. So I'm hoping you know, they, we're the first person she tells. <laughs> Right. So it's like, I mean, I can imagine a, a future where Cade is on the reef and Zavala is on Mars and Ikora is at the tower and they're not even close to each other anymore. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens narratively, but 